Hello, and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go AU fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello. Steve, Zips of Akron. Hey, what's going on? And you, Street. Hey, y'all. So, this is a, 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 a big day for me personally, uh, running this podcast. I've wanted to have somebody, uh, a company that I could uh, wholeheartedly endorse, say, please put our name on your podcast, uh, if only briefly. And I am excited, folks. Uh, you may have been paying attention to our Twitter, and you may have noticed that uh, we are super excited because uh, Big News Saturday from Homefield Apparel is going to feature Minnesota this Saturday, uh, July 10th. Uh, I'm guessing a lot of people listening already know who Homefield is. Uh, if you don't, uh, it is a really awesome uh, collegiate apparel brand. Uh, they are based out of Indianapolis, and they are known for having ridiculously awesome vintage college gear. Uh, I think I, they first got on my radar uh, when they put out some Tulane shirts that were just straight fire. Uh, and now Minnesota is on... Uh, is is going to be a home field brand, uh, part of the home field brand. They're going to launch this Saturday, the 10th. Um, I have not bought any of their stuff yet. I've been wanting to, but honestly, I was kind of waiting for Minnesota. Uh, so now they're going to get a, a small car payment worth of Minnesota, Tulane, and Hawaii gear for me. But Steve, I believe you are already a home field uh, supporter uh, previously. I am an apparel owner, and I remember I stumbled on home field site just looking through some stuff, and I was like, whoa, this is... <laughs> This is awesome. There are like, I don't know, dozens and dozens of schools, most you've heard of, some you hadn't, and I was just spending hours. Yeah, they have, they have, some, they have some real small schools, which I think is really cool because, like, there's some legit cool logos out there for some random schools. Yeah, and it was fun, like, being a, a mascot nerd. I know all the D1 mascots and nicknames and, like, a logo nerd, team colors nerd. I was just, like, going through with a fine-tooth comb, like, all right, what's my purchase going to be? Or multiple purchases in this case. But um, I ended up aligning on the uc irvine anteaters blue surfs up at uc irvine old Ooh. heritage logo tee and it's a anteater on a surfboard and it's just about as badass as you can imagine um but yeah got it fits like a i mean I'm, I'm i'm a tall skinny dude but it fits great it's super soft and i wear it with as much uc irvine pride as i possibly can see now you're making me remember that i need to go see if they have banana slugs Oh, I don't think they had UC Santa Cruz on there, but, um, you know. if we're... Santa Cruz, get your act together. The world needs more banana slug gear. Seriously, we need, like, that Pulp Fiction, UC Santa Cruz, Play-Doh oh my God. shirt. <laughs> Please make that happen. <laughs> uh, all right, so this is the, this is the big part. Uh, new customers, uh, all you daily Gopher listeners, uh, podcast listeners, you can get 15% off. Your first purchase from Homefield, use the code DAILYGOPHER at checkout. That is DAILYGOPHER at checkout. It's homefieldapparel.com. It's spelled exactly how you would spell it. I am not spelling it out for you. It is homefieldapparel.com. All right. That's our first opportunity to uh, plug something. And I'm excited because it's something I'm going to be buying a whole ton of. Uh, and that's really cool for me. Chris immediately uh, failing the point of a sponsorship, which is to make money, but is instead going to view it as a company store kind of script situation and buy like 35 shirts. It's true. Unfortunately, that script will come out of my bank account uh, using the you know digits on my credit card. But 
Yeah, this is happening. But on the bright side, on your first purchase, you can get 15% off by using the code DAILYGOPHER at homefieldapparel.com. I heart you, Street. You're good at this thing. Um, all right, so that's, in my opinion, pretty big news. Like, I've been waiting for Minnesota for forever. We have other big news, though. Uh, first of all, Eric Curry is back on the Gophers. Now, normally, I love Eric Curry. That would not be huge news because, unfortunately for Eric, he's had a real injury-plagued career. But you may have noticed that the Gopher lineup for basketball, their, their roster is a little thin right now. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is that going to leave Eric Curry a lot of room to play, uh, Street and Steve? Like, should we expect to see Eric Curry seeing actual serious minutes? So when, um, you know, Tom Daily Gopher broke the, broke the news to us this morning or, so, or shared the tweet, he was like, there's no way Curry's going to start. And I was like, uh, al contraire, bonjour. I think he's definitely going to start. Um, and I feel like, you know, the roster is 99% turned over. The only person before Curry who was returning from last year's team was Isaiah Enan, who was, uh, you know, not not a starter um, in, the, in the traditional sense. So there's a huge dearth of available warm bodies in the front court for the Gophers at current. Um, and I feel like a guy like Curry coming back, um, in his first fifth season with, a, with a ton of experience at the NCAA division one level. Um, I think it only makes sense for him to be a starter and just some continuity from the program, a guy people know veteran leader. Um, is he stuff, did he stuff the stat sheet last year? No, but he's a guy who, you know, you can depend on to know what he's doing out there and at least, uh, try to start to, uh, put together some cohesion on this team, which they're going to need a ton of rather quickly i, I kind of actually wish i had the ability to assign points like on the uh, i don't know if, is that how around the horn still works i haven't watched that show in like eight years but uh for dearth i would give you a pointer seven points or something <laughs> over your head for the use of dearth um street i mean uh, any any positivity for this i mean steve seems at least sold that it's going to involve minutes i <laughs> This is where I am at with basketball right now. I'm just kind of like, okay, basketball will happen. Games will be played. Um, where, where are you at right now in this part of the offseason with uh, the basketball team? Oh, they're going to be terrible. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We have no idea how they're going to perform. This is a team of lower-tier Division One All-Stars, Alex, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays against you know, the lower half of the Big Ten. I mean the no no real shade here, but no, they're gonna be really bad. <laughs> the they if you're looking for excitement, I don't know. I I guess we'll get to see what happens when Peyton Willis plays point guard for an entire season. That's gonna be uh yeah that that's gonna be something. I, I mean, Isaiah, Isaiah Enan can bomb threes. That'll be cool. Uh, you'll be able to watch the games in your new T-shirts from Home Field Apparel, 15% off, using Daily Go for a checkout. But, uh, yeah, really, no. I mean, they're going to be really bad. You know who's going to bomb threes, Alex, is our JUCO transfer, Abdul Atiyam, who shot 48% from three-point last year. So there's your well, that's, your that's your excitement level is automatically that dude is of course going to replicate that in the Big Ten. Hundred percent. I mean, it's I think a guarantee. 
now that I think about it, because I it occurs to me, what I'm mostly excited for, pending, because they still have what two scholarships to fill, right? Roughly, that feels right. Well, they're like really close to fill filling a Stan Lee starting five. By which I mean the first and last names are start with the same letter. You got Luke Lowy, Sean Sutherland, Isaiah Enan. Oh, they got oh, Trayton Thompson. They got <laughs> Trayton Thompson. They got four. Just need yeah. we just need one more. That's that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for Ben Johnson to go out and complete the Stan Lee starting five. I mean, look. Obviously, if you have an offseason like this one, the expectation for any team should be low. It is deeply unfortunate, I think, for Ben Johnson that he has no continuity. And if Ben Johnson had taken over this program three years ago, the team may have been good or bad. I mean, that that's sort of unclear. But the people we would be talking about would be more or less the starting lineup from last year. The transfer portal as well as the COVID exemptions which in the positive sense it means that Eric Curry gets to come back and and play more basketball and I hope he is incredibly successful on the court it seems to be a legitimately really great dude obviously he's been hamstringed by uh, by injuries for for most of his career so you know getting to see that's all good but this is not the roster that would exist in a world in which the transfer portal didn't exist. And it seems that uh, Ben Johnson was unable to hit on a lot of the guys that, you know, if you were sort of fantasizing, you know, how incredible a lineup could look that he would have been able to hit on. So this is what you have. Unfortunately, it's not clear what that means for recruiting because uh, the product that's going to be on the court is probably going to be pretty bad. I suppose the positive is if the product on the court is much better than we expected, that that should be good for at least marginally for recruiting. But man, there's going to be a lot of a lot of games that are not going to be very fun to watch. Yeah, and I you know I, I, I was hyping it up a few minutes ago, kind of uh, ironically, but I am. It's gonna it's gonna be a tough season. Are they going to make the tournament? Absolutely not. No. But I, I do <laughs> think Ben Johnson there's... is the national coach of the year if this team makes the NCAA tournament. Right. I, I do think a fun storyline to watch, and I'm being serious about this, is you bring in a bunch of guys who went to Aretoma, Lafayette, William & Mary, New Hampshire, Stephen F. Austin, Charleston. I mean, these are, these are lower-tier Division One schools, yes, but almost all these guys were on the first-team all-conference teams at the time or for, or from last year. So, you know, EJ Stevens, for instance, Lafayette guard, all Patriot league last year, first team. I think there's something to be said about bringing in guys who were not recruited heavily locally, used to be local kids, went out to a William and Mary did very well. Now has a chance to come and try to land haymakers against, um, against some upper tier opponents. I think there might be something there once in a while. And I think this is a team if they are the veteran leaders and have all this experience that we expect, um, could could have a couple fun games throughout the season and put some scares into people. I'm just thinking about the, the the X's and O's of bringing in guys who have played for four years in college basketball and have not sucked. Well, let's do some live reaction discussion because apparently Ben Johnson did a Instagram live this afternoon, uh, talking to gopher fans and things like that and and here are some notes from what he was saying so i I will read i will read the note and then uh 
street and Steve go ahead and, and give your reactions if you want. So apparently he was asked about who was having a, a good summer camp so far and he said he's been most impressed about how uh, the Juco Theom and uh, Trayton Thompson have looked early this far. Any any early reactions from that? I'm really excited to know that all of the players are getting bigger and faster and stronger in the offseason and that we're really excited about the, the new recruits who look really good. I'm, I'm impressed that he actually named specific people and didn't just go with you know something generic about all the guys. So uh, Apparently he said that Jamison Battle is the best shooter on the team right now. All these are That's not surprising in the slightest. All the guys he's rattled off uh, have multiple years left in the program. Also positive. Uh, Fine said, how that works. Yeah. Said they could add one or two more players, but they have to be, quote, the right fit in the locker room. All right. I'm going to decode that as being not going to steal a scholarship for too long or so good that there's no way in hell we would pass them up. That would be correct. Uh and, and weren't there, all right, haven't there been rumors floating around that maybe last year's team didn't get along very well with each other? I, I, I would say generally there has been some discussion in certain places, uh, and for, for a variety of reasons not that important to go into, that yes, perhaps the cohesion of this team, team last year was not great. Empirically, it's not all that surprising because, you know, None of them besides Isaiah Enan are here. <laughs> and you'd imagine that if people enjoyed playing with each other, they wouldn't all have dipped at the first opportunity to do so. Apparently, speaking about EJ Stevens, Ben Johnson said he is a, quote, sneaky good athlete and could have the best vertical on the team. Yeah, you hear that, Alex? Best vertical on the team. I mean, I have the best vertical in my house. I'm the only person here. Sometimes denominators are important. He apparently raved about Isaiah Enan and think, said he thinks he could take a jump this year. I will say, I, to, to be slightly more serious, it is, good, it is good that there is athleticism from players that we're not necessarily expecting to have athleticism in the sense that we don't know that much about them, so that's good. As all y'all know, I have been forever a huge fan of the potential of Isaiah Enan, so it would be of great joy to me if he took a massive jump this year. I think he has a lot of the tools to be a really talented college player, and it's just putting them together has thus far not yet materialized broadly with all of the players because they're basically all new. I mean, I suppose Peyton Willis is coming for, for round two, but under under a new regime sometimes for players, some players obviously have some challenges, but hopefully for Isaiah it's the opposite, that he thrives under Ben Johnson. And also, how about the uh, the most gophery thing to possibly happen is when actually highly touted transfer Parker Fox tears his ACL forty eight hours or maybe even twenty four hours after signing his letter of intent to transfer. That was pretty fun. Extremely gopher. Uh, sounds like Peyton Willis and Luke Lowe are going to be the two main ball handlers on the team. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Lowe is, is one of those, uh, you know, low D1 all-stars we were talking about. I think, wasn't he, he wasn't he the... Uh, he was he was all-colonial, uh, William and Mary. Uh, William yeah, and Mary. I was going to say William Mary. So, um, you know, so we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, obviously, uh, who will start and who will back up at point is, is yet to be determined. But uh, um, 
we we've seen what Peyton Willis can do, and then he's uh, not really a Big Ten caliber starting point guard. It's unclear, I guess. Some of this is the unknown is we don't actually know what kind of offense Ben Johnson is going to be running. So if he runs an offense for which the point guard doesn't have to be anywhere like a Marcus Carr or a ball-dominant, score-first kind of point guard, rather more of a get the ball down the court, begin the offense, make a pass, kind of be more of a distributor, and actually hit hit a three-point shot on occasion to keep a defense offense. Honest, it's not. It's actually not all that surprising to me that Peyton Wills could perform that role reasonably well, if that's the the offense that he's going to be in. I think for Johnson as a as a first year coaching challenge, the sort of twofold is putting together something on the court right now with the players that he has that will be competitive, whatever that's going to be, but also begin installing the principles and system that Ben Johnson believes is going to be most successful going forward. To my knowledge, he's been very cagey as to what that's going to look like other than the system that wins basketball games, which you fine. So that I think how how the point guard works in this offense could be well it's the the players we have we're going to try and put them in the position to be success the most successful possible or it could be this is actually what i'd like my point guard to be like and so maybe we're seeing peyton willis as a prototype going forward well we'll know a little bit more in four months and finally most importantly because let's be honest we care about what the players are wearing rather than what the players are actually doing on the court. Uh, it sounds like there's not enough time to do much changing of the uniforms for this upcoming season, but starting in 2022-23, they'll have the classic maroon and gold sets. They're going to have an alternative black set that, quote, uh, will be different look than we've seen before, and they're also working on a potential throwback set that will get the fans very excited. You know what else that is a vintage throwback that gets people very excited, right? Are you talking about home field apparel? I am. Uh, incidentally, I was I was on the I was on the website, and I will say, outside of uh, the University of Minnesota logos, which obviously everyone should spend lots of money on, I'm a big fan that they have Sad Husky for UConn. So wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! I missed. They have Sad Husky. They do have Sad Husky. So in your for your first purchase, when you're you know mortgaging your house to buy T-shirts and using Daily Gopher to get fifteen percent off, you can get not only Sad Husky in T-shirt form, you can get it in sweatshirt form. Uh, and sadly, joggers are currently sold out, but I suspect you can get it in joggers as well uh, in the future. I uh, I. Remember, was it which game was it where Stephen Bardo? They decided to have Big Ten decided to have a weird thing where Stephen Bardo would just like talk about people's sneakers for like three minutes a game. I mean, was this when they played? Maybe I don't know when they played Penn State or something. But I just recall there was at least several minutes of trying to show I don't know relevance with like hype beast and streetwear by covering covering people's shoes so like i guess cool i'm a big fan of the of the vintage stuff uh if they want to have like angry and or sad gopher as uh you know just like sad goldie on the on the chest that that'd be okay with that 
so recruiting. I have to put recruiting for football in here. And I don't think it's quite so important that we go down the list of recruits who have, who have verbaled since the last time we had a podcast. Uh, one, that list is actually fairly long. Yay. Uh, two, we've covered it in great detail. I should say uh, Blake has covered it in great detail on the blog. If you are not clear on who all has signed, please go to the Daily Gopher uh, and you will find all that news. I think the thing that I want to just kind of um, briefly pull together, Blake wrote a, a nice, I think, kind of high level, big picture view, uh, kind of how is Fleck doing with his recruiting. And, and if you look at the just kind of factual everything it's clear he's improved recruiting uh more than a little bit probably a significant amount uh and especially you know when the quote things classes that are better than his are the tim brewster classes where most of the guys he you know signed never really even made it to campus um you know fleck is is doing the best that any coach has done in minnesota arguably um i guess my question is do you feel like this would feel better to folks if we had won a slightly better um, percentage of the rivalry games? Because it, it, it feels to me like ultimately the fact that it's improved, the complaint that just kind of rings hollow is, well, we're not beating you know, the, the, the schools that we're recruiting at basically the same level against, uh, which is Wisconsin and Iowa, are still beating us. Um, and so it just feels to me like it's not so much about the quality of the recruiting that he's doing that people complain about. It's that the on-field results have just been a one in seven record against, uh, those two schools. Does that feel like pretty much a, a good summation of what would flip people's opinion? Like if he, if he was winning 500 against the rivals, people would feel, yeah, this is actually really great recruiting. I mean, I guess I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I mean, it's, it's. Until we're competing for for Big Ten titles on a regular basis, it, I mean, pretty much always we're going to be comparing how we're doing on a on an annual basis against the Wisconsin's and the Iowas in the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, the fact that that Fleck is one in seven against those two teams after four years is is probably a bit frustrating to most of the fan base. Um, you know, and 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 hopefully. You know we can we can play some inroads and 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 make a make a difference. I mean I think one of the reasons why we're still, you know, struggling at times, um, is, is the fact that we're still you know not really having great luck recruiting offensive linemen, especially in state offensive linemen right now. Um, a lot of that probably is the fact that Iowa and Wisconsin have put multiple first round picks into the NFL in the last ten years from the offensive line spots, whereas the Gophers haven't had an offensive lineman drafted since, was it, was it Mark Sutterstrom was the last one? I'm, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's Mason. I can't tell you which Mason player it was. Uh, so, so it, it's not good, um, you know, and, and hopefully we'll see that change this year. Um, obviously the Gophers are going to have their, their best offensive line in a while just due to, to continuity, the fact that you're bringing back arguably six or potentially even seven, depending on how you want to classify it, starters on your on your line this year is is really impressive. Um, the, the scary thing is, is after this year, you could be down to maybe one or two of those guys because a lot of them are either going to be graduating or heading off probably to the pro ranks or things like that. Um, but you, you've been struggling to get those in-state guys. I mean, we just saw uh, Lucas Heyer, who was the number one recruit in the state of Minnesota this year, 
Uh, didn't even give the Gophers a snuff committed uh, about a week ago to Stanford. Um, Riley Malman, who was the number one recruit last year, committed to Wisconsin. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're struggling to get those, those top offensive line bodies in state. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got Tony Nelson this year. Um, but you know, if, if you want to look at rankings, which obviously we know rankings don't mean anything, he's the ninth ranked player in the state and he's our, our, you know, three-star offensive lineman from the state. There are two offensive linemen ranked ahead of him. One's going to Stanford and the other one's going to Iowa state. Um, you know, so I think that's where a lot of the frustration is. And it, and it gets back to the semantics arguing about in-state recruiting versus out-state recruiting. And, and can, can PJ, you know, pull equal guys or better guys from out-state if he's not getting the Minnesota kids? And, and that's a, that's a question still for the future. Um, but, you know, we, we haven't, we haven't seen that and we won't see, you know, the, the kids who were who were wondering you know about who who we've pulled the last couple of years till probably next season. So, um, I mean that that's basically when the rubber will meet the road is once we get rid of these these older classes and we have to start playing the 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 players that you know we we thought we got fairly good recruiting coots. Obviously, Falalele and Dunlap are are strong PJ recruits and things like that, but. You know, when you start looking at uh, the next crop of kids who who we got instead of getting some of those in-state kids, that will be the question. You know, coming coming the twenty twenty two season probably is can they can they compete? Yeah, th- that makes a lot of sense to me, Andy. Um, it's just yeah, it's I think it's it's interesting. It's interesting that you know you can it, it both can be true numerically. This is the best recruiting Minnesota has had, and it has paid off. I mean, there's no way you have uh, an 11 and two season if the recruiting isn't better. Uh, at the same time, um, you know some of those players on that season were recruits from uh, Preflek, and uh, there's always the fact that you know there are still Minnesota kids who aren't staying in Minnesota. I, I really don't care where a kid comes from, but for an offensive line situation, it would be a lot easier if they were landing uh, in-state kids because then they wouldn't have to work as hard elsewhere to get an offensive line. Um, so, okay. Well, that's, I think that's a, a pretty good uh, summary and something that we'll have to, to loop back to uh, as uh, the fall continues and as recruiting continues to probably heat up down the stretch although you know could be a smaller class we'll see i'm not super plugged on that uh i'm actually kind of surprised i didn't uh go higher in the the ranking of like what we talked about for this one but i think it's important the state fair uh in our hiatus between podcasts announced uh the new foods that they will be uh debuting at the great minnesota get together and i just wanted to get uh um y'all's take on uh, what you what you would have as your favorite new uh, fair food for me it's always important if I can find a new food that's on a stick um, and I love anything that has chorizo so the chori pop um, is really looking great to me uh, having uh, uh, you know chorizo by a local butcher uh, the herbaceous uh, her- her- <laughs> you didn't read the fine print what no, I didn't. What? No! I was wondering it was herbivorous. I was very confused, but it's vegan. No! My pick is vegan. I both <laughs> am sad and also not 
Oh, well, okay. Well, my second favorite. Damn it. I didn't read the fine print. Damn it. This really sucked the wind out of my sails. I'm I'm deeply concerned and saddened. Fine, I'll go with the Kerala fried chicken cotti roll. That looks delicious as well. I'm a big fan of paratha and, uh, you know, chutney. So, damn it. Well... I almost feel like quitting the podcast here. Andy, what's your new favorite food? <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, I was a bit uh, underwhelmed when I looked at the list. It, for you know, Some people were teasing that it was going to be quite interesting, and it appears, uh, it appears the fried ravioli is finally making its way up north from St. Louis in, in various forms. There's two different new uh, fried ravioli dishes, and and uh, if you like if you like sweet things, apparently there's a new donut vendor that's going to be basically serving donuts with everything, ice cream, et cetera, et cetera, things like that. So, um, you know, I guess probably if 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 I had to go with one, I'd I'd, I'd have to go with the the naughty biscuit from RC's Barbecue, uh, smoked pork belly topped with beer cheese, arugula, pickled red onions, candied jalapenos on a buttermilk biscuit. That probably sounds uh, that probably sounds the best to me. That's my pick too, Andy. You stole it, but uh, I will go with the bison bites, ground bison, braised fennel, portobello mushrooms, fresh basil, wrapped in a classic egg dough, deep fried and served with sweet bourbon sauce with a little kick at the always reliable Giggles Campfire Grill. Can we all just agree that the pizza Lucy needs to be burned at the stake and green mill needs to be punted into the sun? Uh, uh, The burger... I was going to say, as a, as a Minnesota resident who does the fair every year, I will, I will excuse your, your your ignorance once again. But, yeah, you you don't go to Green Mill at the State Fair. Green Mill's food choices are always absolutely horrific. They did some, like, pizza chimichanga on a stick thing, like, two or three years ago, that every single one of the food critics who tried it basically said, this was one of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth in the, my entire life. The other thing I'm seeing everywhere is a spuffle puff. You guys heard of this one? The uh, mashed potato or mashed sweet potatoes and cream cheese mix in a um, kind of like a deep fried dough, I believe. And powdered sugar on top, of course. But this is the one that's been on all, on all the lists as well. That does sound delicious. I'm just excited to get to go to the fair again, finally, and get some of my old staples. And now I guess I have to boo... Uh, when I walk past Midtown Global Markets Andy's garage for well, you'll, you'll be my failure my failure to read the fine print. You'll, you'll also you'll part. also be safe because you also didn't read the fine print that it's only there for the first half of the fair, so it'll be not even there by the time you actually get there if you're coming into town for Ohio State. So wait, I can't even boo it. No, fuck. No, you're, you're just you're just having a reading comprehension fail this evening. You could get the waffle burger. Which is a quarter pound bacon cheeseburger served between two maple infused candy sweet crunch waffles with a side of maple syrup from Andy's Grill, if if you wanted to. I, of course, do not live in Minnesota and so will not be at the great Minnesota get together, uh, but I am confident that every one of your toilets will appreciate the new food that is existing at the State Fair this year. And that was Alex, our State Fair correspondent. Uh, if I had to pick, uh, I think the uh, I think the um, various new donut things look reasonably decent. I agree that the uh, fried chicken cotty roll probably uh, is is going to be tasty, though it is 
being sold by something called Hot Indian. So I am slightly worried about my historical Midwestern stock and brethren uh, because anything hot is occasionally a bit challenging for us. I, I, I traveled through New Mexico this uh, year and survived eating like the actual hot sauce, like not not Midwestern hot sauce, actual hot sauce. So I, I'm more confident in my ability to survive uh, a, a, an experience with um, food that has more than salt on it. It is not clear to me, though I suspect uh, I suspect maybe Steve or Andy has in fact since this is not a new vendor, has in fact uh, sampled this before, but Sarah's Tipsy Pies is apparently a vendor, and one of the new foods this year is the Blue Raspberry Blitzed, which is a traditional hand pie, which you can get in ras- with a raspberry, blueberry, and apple blend, which itself sounds pretty decent, and then it is infused with UV blue vodka and topped with cotton candy sugar. And while Ron Swanson rules would suggest that clear alcohols are for rich women on diets, this blitzed certainly is not, and that may be also of interest for people who would like to go to the state fair and get more alcohol but not pay $8 for it in drink form. All right, Alex, if those are the lengths you want to go to actually have some UV blue, I leave it to you. Uh, I have no interest in UV blue. I'm just throwing out other things that hasn't been hasn't been covered. I think, I mean, actually just looking at the sort of food scientist picture of these, I think the, the blue raspberry blitzed itself probably actually would be quite good with or without the vodka. While we're on the uh, topic of both state fair foods and abominations, um, it, oh God, I'm a little afraid. Well, I'm just saying Wisconsin is, is trying to to top uh, to top both the Minnesota state fair selections and and a traditional dish uh, in in Nebraska. Uh, apparently, you know, cinnamon rolls and, and chili isn't good enough. So apparently, Wisconsin has decided to combine cinnamon rolls and and their uh, all time state favorites. Uh, apparently, one of the food finalists for the Wisconsin State Fair is cinnamon roll bacon cheese curds. Cheese curds dipped in a sweet beer batter with crispy bacon, cinnamon, and powdered sugar, and topped with the cream cheese frosting and bacon crumbles. All right, see so y'all, y'all are familiar presumably with with machine learning as a concept, yes? Yeah, it's. I promise this single-handedly has a turn. It's it's single-handedly going to turn all AIs into white supremacists. Yeah, well, there there is a there is a challenge. Sort of data in data in on your training data is challenging. Anyway, there uh, was a project, it was an, a, an algorithmic project that took a bunch of food ingredients and then kind of fed them in based on some things we know about food combinations to go together. And what was created from that was a set of recipes so that we're going to use ingredients you wouldn't actually expect. And one thing that happened with this particular one is they partnered with some chef somewhere to have a little pop-up restaurant where the kind of top recipes that came out of that particular project were actually made and you could serve. Now, in machine learning, there's a kind of concept sort of adversarial or sort of hostile data, so you deliberately try and screw up an algorithm. And you will not convince me that what Andy just said was not the result of an overtly hostile machine learning algorithm. See, I'm, am I the only one who hears that and goes, oh, I'm 98% sure that that is going to be horrible, but there's 2% of me that has hope and has so many things on that list that I like and will probably try to eat it anyway if it ever came across my path. 
See, I heard that, and I was trying to decide if Alex was telling us that machines can taste things now. I'm I'm pretty sure they can taste that that sucks. <laughs> hey, you know no no suck. no shade to whatever business in Wisconsin is trying to sell that. I mean, I hope I hope you are very successful and get your money from unsuspecting rubes. But that sounds heinous. Uh, Alex, you know what doesn't suck? What doesn't suck, Chris? Uh, saving fifteen percent off your first purchase from Homefield using Daily Gopher at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Agreed. I would also say uh, the having not purchased because I am nowhere near as as cool as Steve. Having not actually purchased one of these myself, what I think would be great on your on your order is if you purposely picked a school that makes zero sense whatsoever. Uh, to have a shirt of, and so I think that uh, the Colorado School of the Mines vintage Blaster of the Burrow shirt also what? also pretty excellent. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking this up right now. They have Colorado School of the Mines. They do indeed. Uh, now Stit is happening at Montana, but if you want to if you want to be before so pre Montana Bob Stit, you can represent with a Blaster of the Burrow shirt. Now, Chris, there's also a, uh, you know, Homefield has not yet partnered with the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology, but do you know what their nickname is? I have no idea. The Hard Rockers. There is a Colorado School of Mines t-shirt that has a, like a miner's cap and it says a hell of an engineer. And I am, if I was in anything resembling an engineer, how, no, I'm going to pretend to be an engineer and wear that shirt that <laughs> oh my god okay i have not i have not delved deeply enough into homefield's websites <laughs> there are so many ridiculous ridiculous options out here that i am i am going to oh my god i'm in trouble i'm in trouble y'all all right I think that's probably enough for this podcast. Uh, I am going to uh, do a not-so-clever uh, segue. Seriously, though, this Saturday, July 10th, uh, Minnesota is launching uh, with Home Field Apparel. Um, you'll continue. In case you somehow forget after listening, our, our Twitter feed will be pointing it out because we're excited. Uh, and you should be using the promo code DAILYGOPHER to get 15% off uh, your first order. That is... Daily Gopher at the checkout of homefieldapparel.com. And if you're gonna uh, and if you're gonna buy, buy on Saturday because they always keep track of the launch day sales and we need to beat Wisconsin who launched last week. That's a good point. Fuck Wisconsin, buy a t shirt. That's a slogan we can all get behind. Uh in the meantime, uh go gophers. Sky Yuma. Row the boat. <laughs>